0: cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com.
1: Okay. Here's the deal. Sometimes in AEW, you do get random matches. You kind of look around the place you're like, where did that come from? But if you were going to give me Dax Harwood versus John Moxley and Will Hosprey versus Takeshda, i tell you, I'm just going to take it. I mean, sometimes it's my birthday and I just want my Christmas presents. Also, hello, my friends, and welcome to Ups and Downs, the show where we do review professional wrestling and I give you my take and you tell me you don't agree with my take. Then we do this. It's called the Dance of Joy, because it's all friendship and it's all love, because wrestling is meant to be entertaining. So let's make sure we get the entertainment out of it. Sounds good? Great, let's up those downs. Also, don't forget that What Culture is having a live show over WrestleMania weekend. Go and buy yourself some ticket. Information is down there. It was indeed how we kicked off this week's episode of Dynamite 2, because it was John Moxley versus Dax Harwood. Or just to annoy people, Dean Ambrose versus Dash or Dawson. I can't remember which way round it was. Now they just decided to smash each other as hard as they could in the face, because why wouldn't they do that? When they also flipped each other off. When they realized that wasn't working, and that it was Valentine's Day, they both had a little bit of a smooch. Isn't that nice? Deep down, they're friends. it didn't last they went back to chopping and pounding each other when Dax found himself on the outside after he tried to escape a choke, when, of course, he got thrown into Rita the Ring post. And that's why when you are on the outside, you need to be careful. It's like the floor is lava. John then wanted to go back to the 1980s as he went for the punches in the corner and Dax was like, <laughs> I'm going to give you a bomb of power. When they were looking at each other again and they just smacked each other in the skull, I mean, they weren't doing this but i was having a great time eventually they collided so hard they were both on the floor and do you know what they did when they got back to their feet john moxie went ha ha, and he raked his back honestly i was just enjoying myself so much that's like chopping off somebody's hand and then giving them a towel what? There was then superplexes, headbutts, and death lariats that were equal parts sold and equal parts devastating. When Justin Roberts, the announcer, went, oh, we've only got five minutes left. And I thought this was so damn smart. Because, of course, last week, that's what we were told before we got that big old draw. So if you do start dropping in here and there, all the fans are going to be like, oh my gosh, maybe they're going Broadway. We then he even started to get feigns as Dax used that to hit the pile driver. But then Mox kind of did the same thing because he ran around the ring. But when he got in and Howard followed... He just went wham-ho, and he kicked the rope right into Dax's penis. That wasn't very nice. To be fair, though, Jonathan has always told you he will do whatever he had to do, and that's why he hit a cutter, and he got a stomp, but he only got a one 2 ooh because Dax won't die. It didn't mean that Harwood was able to get a brain buster for a near-fall of his own, but then he went for a flying nothing, which, as isn't fair. He was clearly going for a headbutt, but he went straight into that damn strangle, and he was like, well, listen, I don't want to not be able to breathe, and he had to tap out. The Blackpool Combat Club wins. Now Moxie was clearly in a bad mood because he would not release this, so Cash Wheeler came to the ring. But before he could do much of anything, Claudio Castagnoli was here. And now next week on Dynamite, we are getting these two teams squaring off. And I'm going to tell you right now, if this is anything but brilliant, I'm going to shave my head. Also, you should go and watch this match. It's just two pros doing it right. Now Now, I am intrigued to see what does happen with FTR and Daniel Garcia because for a couple of weeks they were going after the trio's titles but we shall wait and see when we cut to the Don Callis family and yeah this is when we got what we talked about earlier because Callis was all like oh man there's no more competition we've taken out everyone and now people are scared to take on Takeshita so I have had to look inward which means at AEW Revolution it's going to be Will Ospreay versus Takeshita this was my face I was like, where'd it come from? Thing is, though, a big criticism levied at AEW is that, oh man, some of the matches don't have jeopardy. Well, this one is the entire game show because, well, Ospay shouldn't lose on his quote-unquote proper debut and Takeshita shouldn't be losing. So I will be observing this like wrestling tennis. I just know that sometimes I want to enjoy things I'm meant to enjoy. Bless this Tony Khan, man. He is just doing his own episode of my GM. I totally get it. When Wardlow destroyed Barrett Brown. What a great name. Adam Cole was on commentary too, although he didn't say much of anything, and of course Wardlow grabbed this guy, he gave him the super duper mega power bomb, and he pinned him for the one, two, three. Merked. So you already know the deal here. And ironically, that is the problem because Wardlow has now been doing this for the majority of his AEW run. And just like anything in life, kind of become the law of diminishing returns I do actually feel quite bad for everybody in this because injuries have just plagued this storyline so we do kind of have to tread water for a little while until Adam Cole is ready to go as well as MJF but at the moment well I just think it needs a little bit more cooking my eggs are running so we are just in a holding pattern I'm sure when we do pull the trigger it is going to be good but right now it is sort of just there so it has to get it down but look I wouldn't worry about it too much in a couple of months I think it will light on fire and then we can have a jolly good old time but at the moment, yeah, there's just not much to it. If anything, too, we should blame Barrett because his name actually rhymes with down. Where we cut to the private jet. And who arrived wearing the same bloodstained suits they had on last week? It was the brand new and improved Young Bucks. They also keep updating their facial hair, which is one of these wonderful things of wrestling. Because it means now, every week when I do tune into AEW, I can be like, well, I wonder what Matthew and Nicholas will have on their face. And you shouldn't be able to say that sentence thankfully we can I really do think this is only gonna get better and better too which is what I can also say for Adam Copeland versus Daniel Garcia because we got round one between these two and man do I need a round two this was also one of those occasions where AEW pays off massively for not having too many shenanigan finishes because we had a shenanigan finish here but because we don't see a lot of shenanigans it's like oh my gosh it actually has some impact it also protected Daniel Garcia and we should be doing that at the moment, he's having a fabu 2024, and you don't want to stop his momentum. Adam was all about experience to start with this too, especially because he had the power advantage, so Danny boy was like, all right, well I'm going to start to bust out all the submissions, to the point Adam Copeland kind of had to reset a bit. Now Daniel did try for the crossbody, which is the least successful move in all of wrestling, so it failed, which is when Copeland threw him on the floor, and then he kind of went heel a little bit like he mugged off the crowd he went and broke somebody in the audience's glasses this is when you remember as much as i do love adam copeland he's a legend he's such a good bad guy I wouldn't mind seeing it properly soon now daniel must have been upset about this because he came back with a dragon screw and locked on the stf and all of a sudden you were like oh my gosh does he have this man's number I mean, he didn't. But still, the problem is by this point, Copeland did work on Dan's arm so much it had got all gammy, especially because he then whammed him with a DDT from the damn second rope. But when he went for the spear, Garcia was ready with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment surprise roll up. But on this occasion, it did not work. I bet he was panicking. Copeland then got angry and applied his grindhouse submission, which, of course, is when the Patriarchy decided, well, we've watched like ten minutes of this. That's enough for us. They jumped in the ring and they caused the DQ. Now, as already mentioned, it does feel fresh when All Elite Wrestling does do this. And of course, Christian Cage slowly waltzed his way to ringside when he chose Carnage, because he was gonna hit damn Daniel Garcia with the concerto. No! Now remember I was on commentary and he tried to help out, but that didn't work at all when finally Alan Copeland was back to his feet but when he tried to get involved shana wayne just teleported down and she smashed him right in the dick That was a bit like adam you must have seen this coming i mean you tried to kill her son christian was so good here though because as soon as he saw his once brother had fallen down he gave him the concerto as he skipped away basically being like no one gonna challenge me for my tnt tile. he also raised this thing above his head as he put his foot on adam copeland now look of course we'll get to aew revolution and we will do this match and it will be damn good but i'm just enjoying what we are doing here i mean if you want to say hey this was our sports entertainment portion of the evening well you absolutely can but i am giving it up we then had more situations to sort for our pay-per-view too so now it was time to look at the aew world title because samoa came out to a massive ovation because you can't boo this guy and he was like man I introduced his ranking system so he wouldn't get any jabronis trying to challenge me and then what did Swerve, Strickland and Hangman Adam Page do? They went and screwed it all up with a draw. He also called this a crime so now there must be repercussions as he also promised at Revolution these two guys may be walking in but they're going to limp out. I was like, flub me, man. Samoa Joe is great. Strickland had heard his name enough at this point, so he used Wrestling Rule 14.2 to walk out to the ring. He was like, dude, you better check my resume because I'm on the path to becoming one of the best of all time. And I tell you, that probably is true in many ways, but also he had the fans in the palm of his hands. He's officially a babyface. It's also why he will walk away with the World Championship when Hangman Adam Page came to interrupt, and this guy got booed Totally. And I was like, well, well done, AEW. You clearly tried to execute a plan. Mission success. Now he wants to make it very clear that he's not upset about what happened last week. But also, the point of last week's match was that the winner faces Samoa Joe for the World Championship. So why are we doing a three-way? It's two plus two equals potato and it makes no sense. Page also thinks he should be the one to face Samoa Joe, obviously, as he just went nuts at Swerve, saying, you don't deserve a world title match and you didn't deserve five extra minutes seven days ago. I was like, holy crap, man, Adam Page is a heel, it's great. Joe had enough by this point, though, and went absolutely off. As he said, you think you're going to beat him, and you think you're going to beat him, but you're not. I'm going to whip both your asses and retain my championship. When he threw the mic on the floor, and he walked away. That's it, as far as I'm concerned. Samoa so Joe must remain the world champion. Until 2079. So he really is next level, as is everybody in this feud. And once again, you've got to bring jeopardy back into this, because you could make a case for anybody winning. And given that it is going to be the main event, well, Udele Ali, I think this is going to be bloody brilliant. Give it a night.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. a lot can happen in three years like a chat bot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com
1: we went proper 180 after this too because we went from super serious nine thousand to tony storm's new movie that was called wet ink Goofy wrestling for life. Actually, there was some history in there because it was called this because Tony was going to talk about the fact that, yes, both her and Dionna Perazzo do indeed have matching tattoos. The only reason this happened, though, is that she befriended somebody who she did feel sorry for. And look at all the things that she did. I mean, she got her into Japan. She got her a contract. And if it wasn't for the timeless one, where would Perazzo be now? She also said it was down to the bosom of her brilliance and that Dionna had suckled on her teat of talent. Oh, look man we ain't planning around with this we ain't even done and it. it's getting up so basically somewhere along the way perazzo has forgotten she's nothing but an extra and what do you do when you can't change the past you kill it <laughs> man, bring it down crime counter five the best part though is that this was all happening when she was in a tattoo parlor and when the camera panned out she had had some work done to her drawing and now there is a knife <laughs> going through this thing I was like, timeless Tony Storm is totally unhinged. I just think it's such a great way to build the match though and tie into the character. And then Rennie Paquette was with Jeff operazzo. She was like, what do you think about that? And Diona was like, it's nice and simple. I'm going to whip your ass, bitch. I was like, that's it. I'm in. We really should try and do more stuff like this throughout the show though. I mean, think outside the box or box-like structure. I really do appreciate the creativity. When the Young Bucks continue to underline what their brand new gimmick is going to be... I think this has the potential to be wonderful they're also facing top flight here which also has a bunch of history to it if you go back to the start of aew so of course darius and Don were like well we are kind of like pogo sticks we're gonna bounce around the place when they hit matthew and nicholas with double dives oh it's like they've still got it the young bucks are deliberately being a little bit more grounded now to tie into their new personas so that's what they did here they were just beating on these guys for ages And the fact that they were doing it in their bloody white suits... I think these guys may have totally lost the plot, but that's the point. Eventually, Dante was able to get the hot tag, and he just did the most magnificent crossbody, even though it never gets the win, when he teamed up with his brother, and we got more double flips, because of course we did. A Double DDT followed this as well, as we got a one 2 as we kind of teased that maybe the Young Bucks were going to lose... Come on now, that was never going to happen. They have to take on Sting and Darby All at the pay-per-view. Now, we still did get a Spanish fly courtesy of Darius onto Matthew, but seriously, any single time the Young Bucks could try and cheat to win, they did. They kept putting their feet on the ropes. Obviously, the referee kept catching them, so eventually Nicholas got right in his face like, listen, man, we're EVPs. You don't tell us what to do which is when Matthew was like, I'm also going to hit somebody in the groin area. They did that. They hit the EVB trigger. One, two, three. Tony Giovanni tried to interview these guys afterwards, which was going to be a terrible idea, but they had gone out of their way to make a graphic, because as far as they're concerned, they are now the number one contenders for the AEW Tag Team titles. And if that wasn't fair, what are you going to do about it? they in charge. Tony also tried to talk about the fact that what they had done on last week's Dynamite to Sting was terrible, Matthew was like, "You can't talk to us that way. That's a breach of contract." And he fined him one thousand dollars. Then basically shoved Shivani to the ground. That's always a way you're going to get heat. And given the position he was in, these two were actually thinking about giving him the EVP trigger. Clearly, Darby Allen was watching this. And he was like, "Not Tony Shivani." so he came out to make the save. He also had a bat too when he started ranting and raving about the fact that AEW used to have an original mission statement which was to change the world, and now look at these two idiots, they've forgotten it all. I mean, all they basically did was went out there and hired a bunch of friends, and when Alan got in touch with them and begged for a job, they were like, no, dude, we ain't hiring you. And in fact, there was only one EVP that would listen to him, and his name was not Kenny Omega. So do you know what this crowd did? They started charging for Cody... And I was like, man, we are not in Toto anymore, Kansas. Derby also continued saying, you signed this brand new AW contract last year, which means now you're working at even less dates, so you've totally forgotten the plan. Well, he also took a shot at Brandon Cutler. I was like, I don't think there's a need for that. I mean, why he say flub me for, but then, of course, Derby promised to get to Revolution, where they would retain the tag team titles. And once again, it was just a good build for this match once again, I can't call it because if Sting wants to lose on his way out, well, that makes all the sense in the world. But also, if 15,000 people are going there to see Sting, well, maybe you should win. So all of this absolutely rocks for me and I love what the Young Bucks have done. Don't tell me that I have their ear to the ground. Get it, up. The Bang Bang Scissor Gang were then here. My first reaction was, I kind of think like we need to do more with these guys. So you now have a brand new lounge and merchandise which they are chilling out in. But they also wanted to make it clear, basically what I just said they need to test to see if this group actually works. has and Austin Gunn then kind of yelled at each other for a bit as Taz called them annoying, which made me laugh. And I think the long and the short of it is come Rampage, we're going to have a 12-man tag. So a small part of me thinks that maybe we should just shelve this now and get to the feud where we can merge the six-man titles. But again, it's very early in the process. I shall be a patient piece. This is when Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue were back on Dynamite. It's never a bad thing. We've also got a story here too, because if you have been watching all of AEW programming, essentially Stokely Hathaway really wants to manage Chris Statlander, but now he's realised to do that, he needs to prevent Willow Nightingale, hence why he was out here doing commentary and supporting his new pal. Him and Taz doing the announcing was also hilarious, so I was having a whale of a time, and at one point, Willow got out of a move by doing a cartwheel. So if we bring her into the mix, and Brindley Reese from NXT, and of course, Jack Cartwheel... Well, that move is sewn up for years. Nightingale also did a pair of hilarious pounces during this, which meant Blue became Sky High. I don't know what that means. And when they did look at each other, they too were just punching each other in the face. It was all Willow for a while there too, because she hit a hip attack, big boot, and a spine buster. But when she was going for a powerbomb, Sky Blue finally decided, no, I don't want this she hit the ddt instead she also went for a sleeper but it wasn't nighttime yet because bedtime was hours away and this is when she did get pounced for a second time and even then she would not let willow nightingale rest because she hit this bomb of power from the second row they got a one two which is when sky was like wait a minute i've got my own version of this she hit the code blue and she would have got the one two three but then who was here casting distraction There's that damn Stokely Hathaway. Now, I don't know whether Nightingale was aware of this or not, but eventually Sky Blue was like, oh, man, I'm wasting my life here. And when she turned around, she got hit with the Dr. Bomb and she lost. But there's got to be an asterisk in the record books. Now, Willow Nightingale was happy here, but there was also a glint in her eye. And you have to imagine that all of these people are going to fall out eventually. But I really do like this narrative. It's ticking away nicely as I do massage hands up. When we got to our main event, Good grief. Now look, I am going to be that guy right away, so I do apologise, but I did feel this way, and I do get it. When we did announce that it was Orange Cassidy versus Matt Taven in a Texas death match, I was like, well, yeah, I can put two and two together. The Undisputed Kingdom did try and kill chucky e. t the thing is though aew is so good with this stipulation i think you want to be less is more with this so when it does get announced everybody's like oh my gosh it's gonna be college so that's just a teeny tiny minor down for me because we only had one of these a few weeks ago and i just think you can really turn it into something special but seriously it's totally pointless because you should go and watch this and a massive round of applause to orange kathy and matt taven I mean this was something else. I mean it was so savage I was asking where Randy was, and kind of in the beginning, Taven hit the least devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the Blue Thunderbomb. But look, given the rules are knockout or submission, he didn't go for the pin. So I was like, you're my boy, Matt. You get it. Orange then got flung into Barry Barricade, but when they tried to do this again, both guys just hopped over bears. Then they were fighting the crowd, because why wouldn't they be? Matt also tried to drop an elbow through a table that Orange Casty was laying on, but it didn't really break. So they kind of reset here and they did a suplex. I was like, that's what you show that wood who's boss. Taven then wrecked Orange with this massive knee and there was blood everywhere. Though I suppose that could have just been juice. When Matthew decided to set up another table. Now before he did anything with this, he hit a baseball slide. And that gave him so much confidence, he ran back to the ropes. He did this dive. My word. Cassidy got out the way and Matt Taven went headfirst into this table and broke it you have to see it to believe it and we all have to put more respect on Matt Taven's name I watched it a few times and every single occasion I freaked the flub out or I was then found a Valentine's Day gift from Chuck Taylor and I was like that's so damn nice until he opened up the thing and it was a bunch of thumbtacks I was like what are you gonna do with those of course it was nothing to do with a romantic evening and then we cut to Matt who was bleeding and as always He who introduces the tax shall go through the tax first. So, yep, Taven found him and he threw him right into the mess. You, of course, had to reverse that instantly. So Matthew went for a frog splash and he went into the pins. That's when I was like, damn it, I'm laying down. He then got it again because Orange DDT'd him into these things. And by that point, Mike Bennett was like, man, that's my friend out there. I'm going to help. And he ran in and cracked a wooden heart box over Orange Cassidy's head. So This was really, really weird. When we got a lot of chairs... I mean, it was all of them. It all then got out of control because Trent also joined the fray. He had a box of roses that secretly was a pipe. And I was like, man, I hope he didn't get those two mixed up and give that to his partner instead. It wouldn't have worked out very well at all. He also whacked Bennett, but then he himself got bulldog through a chair, so everybody was being killed. And from nowhere, Cassidy fired back with a beach break. When he surveyed the situation, he's like, do you know what's missing from my hand? A chain. And I was like, well, we've all been there. Rodney Strong understood how bad this was, so he came out too. And just when he was going to give the megany to Orange Cassidy, Trent got in the way and essentially took the bullet. Now, the commentators were like, oh my God, he's such a good friend. He's such a good pal. And they deliberately went overboard here. So I'd watch this, everyone. I think Trent is about to screw a piece of fruit. Not like that sounded terrible. All of this did work as a massive distraction, though. So Orange did take his loaded fist and he cracked Matt Taven right in the head. And of course, he couldn't answer the 10. This was just a wonderfully brutal war. And I want to shout everybody out. Don't forget they did that for our entertainment. also kind of think that if Orange Cassidy does lose his title at the pay-per-view, it will be because of Trent. But we shall wait and see. But another massive round of applause... Wait to finish the show. It is getting a massive up. And of course, Dynamite this week is going to get up as well. I thought there was something to this. It's just because we're heading towards the pay-per-view and there's so many stories that I am invested in. And as always, if you don't agree, that's fine. I'm happy for you to have your own thoughts. Please do click the video on the screen, though, which is ups and downs for Monday Night Raw to keep up with all of my impressions about professional wrestling. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Go and have a lovely day and do whatever it is you do want to do. And while we are a little bit late, happy Valentine's Day. I hope you had all the love in the world and you had a good time. That also sounds really bad. I'm done. Goodbye.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.